0: Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Slim and Satisfied podcast. I'm your host, Daphna Chazen, and today I have a little bit of a different episode for you. I'm doing a coaching session with one of my clients, Teresa, and half this episode, half of our conversation, is gonna be about Teresa's story. She's gonna share how she was diagnosed with PCOS and what were some of the things that she struggled with in the past. And then the second half of our conversation is going to be more of a coaching session. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that she's struggling with right now, what she needs help with, and what are some goals that she's working on to really continue to momentum with her weight loss and getting her body on a healthier track. So I'm not going to give it all away. She's going to share all the things that she's been doing, what kind of things have been working for her, and what still needs to be worked out. So I like this conversation because this is not about someone who's gone through a major transformation and is now on the other end of it. She's still very much in the trenches. She's still working out some kinks and dialing in all the things that she's doing. So you're going to get to hear from someone who's right there with you doing all the things and just trying to find what works for them and what's going to give them the best result. So there's no one better than Teresa to talk about that because she has gone through various different diets and approaches, and she's just a sweetheart all around. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. And without any further ado, let's get right into my conversation with Teresa. Hey, Teresa, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. So I'm excited for today's episode because I haven't done anything like this before. So we're going to do a coaching session and talk a little bit about where you are. You and I started working together a few months ago, and you've made a lot of progress. You've implemented a lot of good things into your life, but you're very much still working through some things. So I I wanted to talk about that as well. And because you're still in the trenches, you're doing things, you're refining things. I think it'll be really interesting for people listening to see what it's like to go through the process of
1: changing eating habits and doing all the things that you're doing. Yes. I'm very excited to share my journey and see that you know, it's not perfect and I'm still working, but I've also made a lot of progress. So I'm very excited to share with everyone. Okay, great.
0: Um, so tell us before we dive into everything you've done so far, just a little bit
1: about yourself. So I'm 27 years old. I am a registered nurse and I work in Manhattan. Um, and I'm also in grad school. And why I mention that is because I always use the excuse, I'm too busy, or I don't have time. And that was so harmful. So I'm a very busy person, but I make myself a priority. And that is probably the only reason why I've been as successful as I have, of course, with the poor, but it was really important to kind of throw those two excuses out the window.
0: Yes. So I think that's a really good point because you're in grad school, you're working full time, you have a pretty long commute. So on the surface, right, on paper, you have a lot of things that could be obstacles. And you're saying you've used that before to kind of, you know, you know, stall your progress or kind of use it as an excuse, right, uh, to to not see the the same kind of changes that you've been been doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that is important to mention you want to tell us a little bit more about that? What did that actually look like?
1: Um, So I think it started probably with exercise. And I know um, uh, exercise like that didn't help me lose the weight that I've lost and fixed my symptoms, but it is good for you in other ways. And I do think it's still important, but I always said, Oh, I don't have time to go to the gym and I don't have time to." Pack my meals, and I don't have time to go to the food store and cook. So let me just go to Wawa or some other, you know, quick food place and grab something. And then that just, it, I would be eating, especially during nursing school, I would eat all three meals and all of my snacks out of the house. So not only was I in, um, eating a lot of calories and probably high fat foods, but I was also spending a lot of money that was kind of going into the garbage, essentially. It wasn't benefiting me at all. Um, And then I realized now that that was just such a harmful way to approach my own self. Um, So, and I know we'll talk about this later, but that mindset piece is like half 50% maybe even 80% of this whole journey is just changing your mindset. So that was something that I and I still have to work on it, but um that's a big part of it. So anyone listening, if you're too busy, throw that in the garbage because it's not serving you.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest you know lies we tell ourselves and we fully believe it. Like it's very easy to believe that Time is a a big obstacle. Um, Whereas, you know, when you look at things that you spend time on during your day that you choose to do, you know, those are things that you could easily replace with something that's going to benefit your health. So I think it's a choice, right? Which I think is what you're saying. Like you choose to believe something and act in accordance with that, even though it may not be a true statement right? So time is, you know, everyone feels like they're the busiest. But once we start buying into the fact that I'm so busy, I don't have time, this is going to be, you know, too time consuming or something that I have to do on top of everything else I'm doing, then
1: we're never going to do it. Exactly. It was, it was, I believed it. I made myself believe that I was too busy or I don't have time. And what that's really saying is I'm too busy for myself. That's it just it just wasn't serving me in so many aspects, not just with my p c o s and my you know physical health, but my mental health and I was spreading myself too thin because I was worried about everyone else and helping everyone else, and I never and while I was helping everyone else, I was too busy for my own self, so I don't believe that anymore, and I definitely you're right it's we were you you gotta stop believing it and change that mindset. And now I believe that I'm not too busy for myself. I'm too busy for other things or other people sometimes. Okay. So coming from a nurse,
0: that's a big one, right? (laughs)
1: Because
0: you're trained to take care of other people.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I, I have to take those breaks at work because, or even when I come home, I have to take care of myself and get myself ready for the next day because at all day long I don't even have I don't have time to think about me really because I'm taking care of my patients um so and again we'll talk about that later but that's another strategy that I use is making sure I set aside time for myself because I know what my day is going to look like and I'm not going to have time to think about my next meal or my next snack or anything like that. Even like when I'm cooking for dinner, I don't have time to think about that during the day. So it's important to I block out time for me and it sets me up for success for the next day and then eventually the week. And now here we are three months later and lots of success. So,
0: yes. All right. So we'll go back to the time thing, but let's take a step back. You mentioned PCOS and you mentioned what life looked like a few you know, short months and years ago. Tell me a little bit about when you got diagnosed with PCOS, what were some of the symptoms you were having and what did you think
1: about the diagnosis when you got it? So I struggled with PCOS as far back as I can remember. Um, I had horrible acne very young. And as I was reviewing my notes, I think it went as far back as fourth grade almost Wow. Yeah. Um, I also had trouble with my weights. I had very oily skin, very oily hair. I remember I had to wash my hair every day and even then it was still pretty oily. Um, and I didn't know at the time, but I also suffered from headaches almost daily. uh, A lot of sleep trouble, anxiety, depression, um, and at that time, I just coughed it up to puberty, and that this is just me. Like I'm someone who always will have headaches, and I have anxiety, and I can't sleep, and this is just me and what I have to deal with. Um, so then I was put on an oral contraceptive at 14, but my symptoms didn't resolve. And I remember at one appointment with my GYN, who was more of an old school doctor, and PCOS really wasn't. Um, prep, just no one really understood PCOS until I'd say maybe about twenty years ago. So this doctor really didn't know much about it. Um, but the doctor told me I just needed to lose weight, and there's nothing more I can do for the symptoms, and that birth control is my only option. Um, the doctor at that time, so this was around fourteen, didn't even want to test me for PCOS because even if the results came back positive. There was nothing more to do. And at that time, uh, my sister was officially diagnosed with PCOS and we had very similar symptom profile. So I decided I wasn't happy with that decision. And I decided to look further and see the same doctor my sister was seeing. And that doctor officially diagnosed diagnosed me at around 17. um, And I knew nothing. About PCOS, all I knew was that it could cause weight gain, acne, irregular periods, um, and that birth control was my only option. And I kind of just had to live with it. Um, however, the doctor did start me on a medication called Aldactone or Spironolactone, um, and that's a diuretic, but it also helped with the acne. Um, that worked really, really well. I didn't have acne, but I still had weight trouble. I still had sleep issues, anxiety, depression. Um, and again, at that time, I just thought this is what I had to live with. This was me, and there was nothing more I could do about it. Okay, so you started on the
0: medication, the acne got better, but everything else was still there. Did you also
1: start a weight loss plan of some sort after the, that you saw that doctor? I did start Weight Watchers around 19. Um, And I also, you know, did different diet plans. I fads, like I went gluten-free one time and I lost a lot of weight, but it just came right back after I'd stopped. Mm -hmm. And was your weight going up the whole time or staying about the same? It was going up. Okay. Probably, yeah, if I wasn't on a diet plan, my weight was going up. And the minute I stopped a diet plan, I had rebound weight gain. So it was everything I lost and then some. And those plans were not
0: PCOS specific, right? They were just general, like commercial plans.
1: Yes. They were not individualized. They were for anyone and everyone. And did you ever think that like, because you
0: had PCOS, you needed something a little different or nobody ever told you that?
1: Um no one told me that until probably about maybe 6 months to a year ago on my latest weight watchers run I knew that PCOS was uh something that was um I was struggling with and was hindering my weight loss, but I just, I figured, well, you have PCOS, it's going to be a lot harder and you might not get to lose a lot of weight. Like some of the other people in the meeting who were losing like 10 pounds in two weeks. Um, so like, I knew I needed something individualized, but I didn't, I didn't know that it was a possibility, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, so you kind of just
0: accepted that your results will be less or will be slower or not as significant because of the PCOS, but you didn't think that there could actually be a plan or a way for you to eat that you would see the same results as everybody else.
1: Exactly. If I managed to lose 0.6 pounds, so that's less than a pound. If I managed to lose that much weight in one week, that was a victory. Yeah. Yeah. And that never happened. I struggled with the same six or seven pounds for 10, 11 months. And again, I thought that was just something that I was going to have to deal with. I was going to have to work this plan for five years to lose 10 pounds. You know, something along those lines. It sounds extreme, but that's what was in my mind. I was like, this is just going to be a forever battle that I'm never going to win.
0: Yeah. I can see this being very discouraging and just kind of, you know, looking so far ahead could feel so hopeless.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a very, it was very discouraging. And looking back, I was so, so sad to, for lack of a better word, it Mm -hmm. was, it was really sad, but moving on, here we are. And now I have success and know what to do. So Yeah, so let's move into that because I'd like
0: to talk about that much more. It's much more fun. So let's talk a little bit about when you realized something had to change and how'd you go about it? What did you do?
1: So in July of this year, my sister and I were struggling with our PCOS symptoms. It could have been at our worst, and I don't want to say it for my sister, but for me, it was at my worst. Um, and my mom could see us suffering and she knew that we both had PCOS and she did, wasn't knowledgeable in it like my sister or I weren't. Um, but she could see us suffering and no matter how hard we were trying, nothing was helping. At that time, that's when I was on Weight Watchers, my sister was doing something else and we both weren't having success. And my mom finally said, that's it. We're going to fix this. Um, the three of us did our research to find someone who knew about PCOS, um, and had knowledge of the disease and how it affects, uh, the body and the symptoms and work with someone who can actually tailor a program to us. So we did our research. We came across your page and it's been an amazing journey ever since. I was so, so miserable and I didn't realize it until now, how miserable I felt. I felt so gross inside my body. I didn't feel healthy. I hated clothes shopping. But at that time, I had just accepted that this is who I am and this is the life I was given and I need to deal with it.
0: Yeah. So I think this is the best part because people don't realize how many things are related to how their body feels or, you know, the mental side of things. It's not just about the weight or the number on the scale. Like you said, things like sleep and anxiety and all of that is related to food we put in our body. And definitely with the PCOS, there's a higher incidence of those, you know, co-conditions, like things like the mood problems or the oily skin, digestive issues all of those things are totally related to the food. I think people don't realize it. So it's not just your body weight. So it's almost like an extra bonus when someone starts eating better and lose weight where they see all these things get better too, right? It's like the cherry on top.
1: Right, exactly. I don't remember the last time I had a headache, which is important. Um, I Through this journey, I realized how sensitive I am to processed foods. Um so a lot of my symptoms and I'm not sure if they're specifically PCOS related or just related to diet in general, but like joint pain and fatigue, those have pretty much resolved itself. Um and again, my headaches are pretty much gone. I can't remember the last time I had one. Um my acne has pretty much resolved for the most part. I mean, that's still something that I'm st- still working through cuz i'm kind of new um new into that piece of PCOS and the journey but my weight has clearly improved and all of these things and it's related to food and just the food that i'm eating. Yeah.
0: So i remember in the beginning you were still getting the headaches and when you were we were kind of twe- tweaking your diet and dialing things in they started getting less and less and um You know, what I like about you is and since the beginning, I can always tell people who are going to do well because I saw you taking it really seriously and I saw that you're very methodical about it. You were writing things down. You were analyzing things. You were getting very, you know, I don't want to say like analytical about it, but you were getting very serious and very focused on it. So you could tell it was important to you. And whenever you were getting symptoms, you would want to try to troubleshoot and see why is this happening? You really want to understand, which I think is a huge benefit and huge advantage to you. And I think it's a big part of why you're so successful.
1: Yeah, it was, it was important for me to um, track both food through the food journal, but also my periods and symptoms. And I use an app on my phone that I'm able to add symptoms every day. So I, if I had a headache, I would make sure I put it in my, in the tracker, and then I can just do like a side by side comparison of the food I ate that day or the day before and the headache, and also where I am in my cycle and see is it the food, is it hormones, yeah. what what's happening, yeah. and that was really helpful. Um, and I still do that, but it definitely may opened my eyes to the preservatives in food and how sensitive my body is to them. And I think my body is even more sensitive now that I've gotten rid of a lot of preservatives. Um, So I'm even, you know, I I find even like the slightest change in my health is really related to food. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you now have, you know, pretty much a clean slate. You've eliminated a lot of the inflammatory things and all the things that have additives and preservatives and all that stuff. Anytime you have something like that, you're going to feel it right away because it hasn't been there in a while. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about what you started doing. What kind of things have worked well for you from the beginning that you're still doing now? I changed my
1: mindset.
0: Okay. Let's start with that. That's an important one.
1: Yeah. So right before I started this program, um, my Friday nights were like something I could not wait for. I could not wait to get home, get into pajamas, order a pizza, some cheesy bread and a soda from Domino's and have it delivered to my house, sit in bed, watch Netflix and eat it. It was like the best time of my life. And I did that almost every Friday night. Um, but then once I started this program, I haven't touched Domino's or really any takeout food like that. And I can never imagine ordering it or having a Friday night like that ever again. But this is just a specific example of my overall change in mindset.
0: So does it represent like your mindset shift? Like what was it that made you do this on a like psychological level? What did you tell yourself?
1: Honestly, like I didn't even think about it. Like it was
0: you just went cold turkey, yeah,
1: it was just my routine. I enjoyed it. I thought this was self care, which is really ironic, but I thought I was taking care of myself, sitting in my bed with some quiet time, some delicious food, um watching Netflix, and just unwinding, but that it it was so far from self care but did you realize that right away when you
0: started? working with me like did you how did you cut that out
1: so i didn't really acknowledge like the psychological piece of it until maybe like a month ago but right at the when we first started the program i just didn't i couldn't couldn't and i say say that with air quotes i couldn't eat that food so i just didn't but then as like i went through the process i realized how harmful that food is so now and my mindset has changed. And so now I believe that going if I want something quick, maybe going to like Whole Foods and getting um a salad from their salad bar and putting all this goodness on it um is more self-care and enjoyable rather than ordering a pizza and eating it all to myself with a side, you know, with a glass of soda or something. Right. So you started um, eliminating that. What else did you do? I packed my breakfast and my lunch every day for work. Um, And that's because, as I said earlier, I don't really have time during the day to think about what I'm going to eat. So I need to pack it and prep it the night before. Uh, There was one day more recently that I didn't make myself a priority and I didn't pack food And it was I felt so discombobulated. I didn't know what to do with myself. I spent so much money because I was in Manhattan. Um, I was hungry all day because I wasn't eating the right foods. And I don't think I will ever do that again. But so definitely like packing breakfast lunch. And if it's on a weekend, I'll always pack my snacks. Okay. And how do you find the time
0: to do that? So this is going back to, to finding time, which I always say nobody finds the time, you have to make the time. So how do you make the time to fit that
1: in? I know that if I don't do it, then I will suffer the next day. So it was actually pretty recently, it was like really late at night. I still had to you know, shower and get ready for the day and I still had to pack my breakfast and lunch And I didn't want to do it at all. But I knew if I didn't, I was going to have another wonky day. Um, So I just, I keep telling myself, you have to do this. You have to make yourself a priority. You'll regret it the next day if you don't. So um, I just do it. So it takes some constant
0: self-coaching, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm always talking to myself. Uh, that sounds crazy. Yeah, no, I think that's helpful. I think people
0: need to hear this. So what, is, like, what does that look like? Like, do you just keep thinking about what it would feel like if you don't do the meal prep or do you find like motivation in thinking about how well you did say last week or the day before when you did meal prep?
1: Yeah. So I always just- in the short term, I look at if I don't meal prep tonight, I'm going to miss my train tomorrow. And that's going to set me up for a very crazy day. And I don't like that feeling. So that's the short term. And then I also look at I look at the week before. And if it wasn't a good week, then I look at the week before that. And what, what was I doing that was successful? And how did I feel? And that was meal prepping. Um, so I know if I don't do it, I'm not going to have success. And I know that the success is possible this time. So I, I'm actually doing things to achieve that success. Tell us a little bit more about what are some of the must-have
0: foods or habits that you feel make you successful. So you and I want to make sure that people understand you didn't introduce all of these at once. You built on different things over time. So we've been working together for about 3 months and we started off with just changing some of your meal options, the, talking about how to combine, right, protein and fiber, what are some foods that should be in your day every single day and that has changed over time. So, tell us a little bit about what things look like broadly speaking and I also want you to talk a little bit about
1: why and how we eliminated dairy. Okay. So, I am not a big meat eater. Um, I just don't enjoy it. So I have a lot of fish and seafood in my house. Um, a lot of it's frozen so that it's quick. Um, but i that's where I get a lot of my protein. Um, but I also have um, some some sort of fat, like a nut butter or almonds. I have Brazil nuts right now in my drawer. Um, and that's because I need. If I get hungry, I need to make sure I'm pairing my foods appropriately, so I can grab, you know, a banana or something from my fruit bowl. But I also have to make sure I have a protein or fat to balance out the insulin and the blood sugars. Um, so I always make sure I have some sort of healthy fat. I also just just discovered these delicious bar, grain free bars. Um, so I that's a, becoming a staple. In my house, um, broccoli and vegetables in general, but mostly broccoli. And that's because broccoli is the one vegetable I can, I will never get tired of. So I always make sure there's at least one vegetable that you can have every day, multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. And that's normally, it's normally cut up. So it's ready for me to steam or if I wanna eat it raw. Um, and also lettuce and stuff to make a salad. Uh, You know, I could just quickly throw a salad in and that helps the meal prep for the next day because it only takes me 10 minutes now to prep everything.
0: Yeah. And that's something I wanted to talk about before. So I just remember, you just reminded me that when you start doing things, it usually takes less time than you think, especially as you get skilled and proficient in doing them. So do you find that meal planning and prepping now takes shorter than you thought in the beginning?
1: Yes. At, when I first started, I had to write everything down. I had this sheet of loose leaf paper that I would have breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, and snack for Monday through Friday. And then I could reuse some of it for Saturday and Sunday. Now, I don't really have to write it down because um, I'm able just to kind of grab what I know works or what I feel like eating that week. And I've done it so many times that it just, I just kind of know how to do it. So meal prepping now only takes like 10 minutes because I've had made meals in bulk, you know, the weekend before or what have you. And I could just quickly throw it together because I don't, it's, I understand how to pair foods and what I like and don't like. So, and it's already in my house. I make sure I take the time to go food shopping so that I have it. So I could just grab from this drawer, from the refrigerator, put it all in my lunchbox and go. Okay, good. And then dairy free. So that's something new that we just started on. That's something that I'm still working through, but I recently came off all of my medication. Woohoo! Yes, that's very exciting. Um, yes. I didn't come off my medication for my anxiety quite yet because I just want to focus up on one thing at a time, but everything else I'm completely off, which. Is very exciting. Um, So after I came off my birth control and my Aldactone, I was a walking ball of acne. That's like the only way I can describe it. I had broken out so much and my skin was so oily. No matter how much, how many times a day I washed my face, I didn't touch my face with my hands and all of these things, the acne was just, it was still there. And I know I remember telling you that if we can't fix my acne, I'm going to have to go back on my medication because I can't, this is just not okay for me. I didn't feel good at all. So that's when you told me, let's go dairy free. So I did that in baby steps. I first I first looked at everything I was eating and so that I could see what I needed to substitute. And I realized I was eating dairy, at least one serving, every meal and almost every snack every day. Yeah. I remember
0: when I told you this, you were like, I don't know if I can do that. I eat dairy every day. It's a major source of protein for me. I said, don't worry, you're going (laughs) to be able to do it. But we also need to mention that you have a big limitation at work as far as what you can bring.
1: Yeah. So I work um, in my building. We are peanut Tree nut, seafood free, and egg sensitive. Um, and I, ha- like I mentioned earlier, I don't eat meat. So, seafood is like the bulk of my protein. And dairy was a go to for you at work, right? Exactly. Like a yogurt and a cheese stick. Um, yeah. A go to because I couldn't have the nuts or I couldn't bring. I could bring eggs, but it, it's difficult for me to eat them. And at that time, I didn't want to take the time to go and eat them somewhere else. Yeah. So what um, your concern was legit. You
0: had good reason to be worried about how you're going to eliminate dairy.
1: Right. So I so because of the, the big limitation, I did have to do it in stages. And I started, I just completely stopped eating cheese because I, I was just eating so much of it. And I didn't, Think it was necessary. I didn't need to have that slice of cheese on my turkey wrap. Mm -hmm. Um I took that out and then I also took out cow's milk. Um, and I substituted with oat milk because I can't have almond milk in work at work. Right. So what happened when you eliminated dairy? What kind of things
0: did you start noticing? And you know, so you did it pretty much cold turkey, right? So you went dairy-free across the board, even at home?
1: Yes. Okay. Um, it, I believe in like one or two weeks, my face had cleared up so much and my oiliness was gone. It was gone. Yeah. It was really amazing. Yeah. And I do still suffer a little bit of acne, but I also, dairy is one of those things. If and we've talked about this before, if you have a choice between high calorie dairy free or low calorie with dairy products, I tend to pick the low calorie with dairy products if I can't help it. So this week was one of those weeks. So I have a little bit of acne. But for the most part, it's pretty manageable. Like I know where it's coming from, and how to resolve it. Okay. Um,
0: Talk a little bit about decisions that you make when you're outside the house, and I know that this past week was hard for you because you were away. What kind of things do you find when you're socializing on the weekends or if you go somewhere? What does that look like? Because at home you meal prep and you've got a routine down, but then what happens when you're not home?
1: That's hard. So as you know, I was away for two, yeah, two nights um, last week, which is the first time I've been out of my house and starting this journey, so I thought I had it all under control. But when I got there, I felt like I had no control. Um, so that was hard. But w- what I did do was, I was at a conference, so I made sure I packed fruit and stuff for lunch and a few snacks. And that's kind of habitual. Like I will always make sure I have like lunch and snacks packed, no matter where I'm going. Um so I'm grateful for that habit that I've developed, but breakfast and dinners were very 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 hard for me. Um so I I uh I just felt so out of control and a lot of these places just don't have healthy food and if you wanted the healthy food, you had to spend a lot of money. Um I was also struggling between finances and low calorie or healthy options, and you, I had to outweigh which one I could sacrifice for the other. So that was hard, and I—that's something that I need a lot of help with still. Okay, so let's talk about that. Tell me exactly what kind of foods were
0: there. What were you, you know, what were you struggling with specifically?
1: So I stayed at a casino hotel, um, and I was by myself. So I didn't want to go out to dinner by myself. Um, And maybe that's something that I, maybe that would have been the better option. But at that time, I, I wasn't prepared for it. So the options were if I wanted to order room service, it was all fried foods besides salads and then shrimp cocktail. And the shrimp cocktail was five shrimp for like twenty dollars. And I knew that the shrimp wasn't gonna be enough, so I'd have to order something else. But what else would I order? It would be a salad for another twenty dollars or so. So I like I I just couldn't justify it at that time. Okay. That's fair. (laughs) Right? So what'd you end up doing? So confession, I ordered chicken fingers and French fries. Okay. It was a cheaper option. And I regretted it the next day, honestly, I felt so, so sick. I didn't do that again,
0: and what kind
1: of like what
0: did you, just like stomach sick? did you feel like the indigestion
1: um a little bit of indigestion over it was just like this general malaise almost like general I just don't feel good, kind of like like full in my stomach um tired. I just like, I knew I just, I, it's so hard to explain. It's just like this general feeling of not feeling good. Like your body didn't accept that food. Well, yeah, not at all. So what did the next day look like? So the next day my breakfast, Oh yes. My breakfast was a toasted bagel with fruit Um, And that was okay, but it wasn't my favorite because I didn't really have a protein with it. But I knew I had my um, protein bar and a banana with me. So I could have that before my lunch. And then my lunch is what I had packed from home, which was my turkey wrap. Um, And then I had, um, I believe I had pineapple and blueberries with me at that time. And then my dinner was a, um, there was like this little cafe that I could go to, but they, by the time I got there for dinner, they didn't have any of the salads left. Cause it was like a pre-made sort of thing. Okay. So I ended up getting a tuna sandwich, Okay. which is where like the low calorie with dairy or high calorie, no dairy thing came into play for me. Um, what was the low, low
0: calorie dairy option?
1: The low calorie dairy option was the tuna sandwich with like the mayo and the tuna. It did not have cheese in, on it. It was just the tuna with, um, like, a sesame bread. Okay. And I don't know if there there may have been like some onions or lettuce on it. I don't really remember, but I don't think there was any cheese. No.
0: Okay. So it wouldn't be dairy, right? Because it had the mayo, tuna, and the bread. Oh, okay. I could say mayo as dairy, but that's not dairy. It's not, no. So it's oh, made up really? of eggs. Yeah. So mayo is not dairy. Look at
1: that. I didn't know that. <laughs> but maybe that's a good thing I didn't know because I cut out mayo. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Lower calorie and no dairy. So that I guess that was a win. And what was the other option though? The other option would have been fried foods like chicken fingers and french fries. Okay. Or uh, they had like a cheese, like a burger bar I could have gotten like like a fried chicken sandwich um, or something like that. And I know, like I said earlier, that I don't eat meat, but I I will eat chicken, like, if I have to.
0: Okay. Yeah, so I think you made the right decision. Um, Anything, you know, is better than fried foods, quite honestly, especially things that are deep fried. So I think you made the right choice. But let's talk a little bit about your mindset through this whole thing. Because the choices are the choices and you get to make a new choice every time you eat a meal. So I never give too much weight to any particular decision around food, right? Because you always get to make a new decision. So you had chicken nuggets and French fries. I would say, you know, if it were a delicious, like crispy meal that you enjoyed, that's great and that's fine. I don't know if it was. It seems like it didn't make you feel that great the next day.
1: And they were okay while I was eating it, but I don't, the way I felt the next day definitely outweighed any pleasure that came, you know, of eating their food. So that could also be like a situation where you try
0: to eat a certain amount of it, maybe half or three quarters of the portion. And maybe you do get a small side salad if it weren't too expensive or even something like just ask them, you know, could you give me a plate of cut up vegetables with some dip or something like that just for some type of produce in that meal um, to just give you a little something. Or even if they had um, a a side dish of cooked vegetables like asparagus or something like that, just to give you a little bit of volume, and then you could maybe make a choice to only eat half the chicken nuggets and fries. So something like that could have worked well. Um, But again, don't worry about one or two meals that were off. That's never a problem. You never want to give too much weight to that because you get to make a new decision and you move forward. What I do want you to remember is that situation for next time you go to a conference because that can you know enhance your planning a little bit more. Maybe you do, and maybe we should have done that looking at the menu ahead of time and Kind of mapping out the food options. So it takes your planning to a whole other level. It's not that much more time consuming. Maybe we'd spend five to 10 minutes just looking it up. And then if you saw that there was nothing good at the hotel, maybe you would have done, I don't know, Uber Eats or something like that, where you could have gotten food from outside. Or maybe you did find a restaurant and you said, I'll, you know, I won't sit by myself because I don't like that. But maybe I can grab and go back to my room or to the lobby and eat it there.
1: You know, something yeah. like that. I think if I were to do do this again, I would probably pack all my, definitely my breakfast, my lunch and my snacks. And I would have, I think I would have options that I would bring for dinner, um, but not be, but not completely shut out ordering something, especially if I had the opportunity to go out with other people or do some sort of networking thing. Yes. But I think like just planning and bringing foods with me would have been probably really helpful because then I would have felt in control and not so much pressure. And then once I felt so out of control, I kind of just like accepted it is for what it is. And I don't, I probably could have made better decisions if I have felt more in control of the situation.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think if you could bring your food and we should mention you drove to this conference, but if someone's flying or if there's no way for someone to bring the food or if you just didn't want to pack all this food, right? you could scope out the options even day of in the morning for the evening because you're right. Anytime that it's already dinner time, you're already hungry, it's already time to eat. And you're in this situation where you're, you know, backed against the corner, kind of like, well, these are my options. What am I going to do? That's not a good situation. Right. You know, so just making sure you're mapping out all the options and then making the choice, making that decision is, is a lot better. And it's, it feels different too. So you never want to stress yourself out over food because when you're already in a situation, you're looking at that menu, you're already in your room, ready to order, you know like you said it could be stressful all of a sudden realizing there's nothing really here that's healthy or good for me
1: right so
0: okay so and then what did the next day look like so you had that breakfast you had the lunch that you brought what did dinner look
1: like so that that was the tuna the tuna day okay. and then oh the next day i drove home for dinner okay i was done and i drove back home so i had dinner at my house and it was a lovely salad that i made all by myself
0: Nice. So th- would you say that you started kind of craving and looking forward to your own food?
1: Yes. I could not wait to eat vegetables at my house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good place to be. Yes. It was great. <laughs> okay. Awesome.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about some of the things that you're currently working on or struggling
1: with. So definitely, it was definitely the being away from my home, but adding vegetables into my diet more... Outside of just dinner time, um, I always struggle with adding vegetables during lunch. Um, right now, I eat salads, but I can only eat so many salads. So I, I don't know how else to, yeah, incorporate vegetables at lunch. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, vegetables are can be a little tricky because I think we think of them in very specific ways but you can really get creative here and just always be thinking about how to enhance something with vegetables. So you could, you know, now we're recording this in November. We're definitely going into colder, colder weather. You can make a lot of different stews and things like that with vegetables mm-hmm. that you can put over a grain. So it could be something like a grain bowl. So if you did like half a cup of quinoa or brown rice or bulgur wheat, which we both love, and then you could do a bunch of different vegetables in a crock pot with like a tomato sauce or just different seasonings and put that almost like a quinoa bowl that they serve in a lot of restaurants now. So they don't have to be raw vegetables. So you could do cooked vegetables in that way. You could do yeah. And I have a little cheat sheet on how to put a grain bowl together. I'll send that to you. But it basically has a little bit of grain on the bottom. It ha- it can have like sautéed spinach or kale as a sautéed green. And then you can put a bunch of different cooked vegetables on top and top it with a seasoning or some sort of a condiment. So, you know, you can add <laughs> things like um, fresh salsa or like a balsamic vinaigrette or something else to give it a little extra flavor. And that's a really fun way because you can take it a million different directions as far as flavor, right? So you could do like one with beans and salsa and you can do an Italian one and put vegetables and chickpeas and a balsamic and maybe some um, olives in there or artichokes, stuff like that to just make it more interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah, I definitely like the grain bowl idea. And I think that that'll serve well for meal prepping too, cuz I could do everything ahead of time and then just throw the bowls together the night before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and definitely you can batch cook the grain and then divide it up and dress them up different ways. Yeah. So that could be fun. I'll send you that that little um recipe suggestion. And then the other thing you can do that's hot and very satisfying is stir-fries. So you could take things like, you like broccoli, maybe peppers, carrots, and then for the protein, you can use edamame and just stir fry that with garlic, ginger, a little light soy sauce. That could be a fun way to to go as well.
1: Mm, That's a good one. I never thought about
0: stir fries. I love stir fries. They're the best.
1: Yes. And I have a nice wok I could use. I'm excited for those. Yeah. Yeah. And then because you can do eggs, you can do eggs at work, right? So you're egg sensitive. What does that mean? So I can, but I have to eat them in a certain area of the building and that's not my office. So in the morning, it's okay because there's no patients yet. Um, I work in a school, so I I have like set time when the kids don't, don't get off the bus. So in the morning, I can go up and eat where I need to. But in the afternoon... It's pretty much a working lunch, so I can't really have eggs in my office, okay, so
0: maybe once or twice a week you can alternate um some type of an omelette or a frittata with vegetables in it, which is another really great way because anytime you cook vegetables, they kind of shrink up so you can get a good volume in if you do something like spinach or mushrooms or peppers or broccoli. Saute them all together, and then you can make, you know, if you took four eggs and four egg whites and put that on, you know, scramble them on top um or mix them and pour it over, and then it will cook. you can then cut that into four servings. That should make a pretty big portion. and you can then have that with your salad or, with a cup of soup, which I know you don't want to eat too much of because of sodium. So if you only did that once or twice a week and use some of the lower sodium options we talked about, that could be a really great lunch as well.
1: Yeah. I like that frittata idea. Even if I have that for breakfast, yeah, I think that's a way to get more vegetables in during the day outside of dinner.
0: Yeah, totally. And then little snack bags of Carrots, celery, sugar snap peas—you can crunch on that on the train or while you're commuting, um, or when you have a little break, and you can have a little of the. Um, you know, since you're doing dairy free, you can use something like a little hummus or even guacamole as a dip.
1: Yes, that's something that I've kind of started the past couple of weeks. Is carrots with hummus, and then I've also had guacamole, but um, they. Are lending to good snacks and they're quite filling, so I do have that. But I'm not a raw vegetable eater, so it's something that I can't really rely on because I don't enjoy it as much. But it's def it's something that I have in my fridge and I will pack as an option. Okay, that's good enough. Yeah. So then you have you know three or four
0: other options besides a salad that you can alternate, so you don't get bored. You keep it interesting, and you can also, you know. Typically, when people have a salad, they'll have the same type of salad. So when you're doing the stir fry or the grain bowls, you can incorporate different vegetables, which is great too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else? What kind of things are you going to be working on specifically this week?
1: So this week, I think I'm going to get back to um, tracking every day, making a commitment to track every day just so that I can, it holds me accountable, but then it also lets me, you know, look at different things and if there's any symptoms that I've tracked or whatever. So I'm going to track every day, every meal, every snack this week. And then I'm going to make sure that I have vegetables with every lunch um, and outside of a salad. So I'll have a salad maybe once or twice this week. But I want to find things that aren't just salads where that I enjoy and that are good options for work. So in the future, it's, it's one of those things that I could just pull from like my menu or my recipe box. And it's, um, I know that it's going to provide me with the nutrition that I'm looking for. Yes. I think tracking and vegetables at lunchtime are the two things I'm going to focus on this week. Okay, perfect. I love
0: it. All right. So you and I are going to continue to touch base and see all your amazing progress. And I really can't wait to see where you go, because I know that you're going to be successful. And everything that you've done so far, you know, I'm looking forward to having people listen to this episode, because I think your story can resonate with a lot of people. And all the changes that you've made are totally doable, right? They're little things. You just kept going, you kept showing up and doing all the things. So I think that's the best way to go. You are going to get the most mileage out of that, as opposed to doing something super dramatic and only keeping it up for one or two weeks, right? Right.
1: Well, thank you so much for, you know, your support and your knowledge and your commitment. Um it's it's been really helpful and anyone who works with you, you know, you're there almost 24 hours it feels like, you know, to send you a quick message, a really quick response and just help us work through, you know, little situations or bigger problems. So, I wouldn't have been able to be so successful without, you know, that that support and knowing that there's someone there that has the knowledge and knows what's, you know, what will work and what doesn't work.
0: Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Yes. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I look forward to seeing you again. I'm going to be seeing you this week. So can't wait to see what happens this week with you. Yes. Well, thank you for
1: having me. It was great to share my story with everyone.
0: Bye, Teresa. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode.
1: I hope you enjoyed the interview and I've
0: found a lot of great insights, strategies, and information in what we discussed today. For more information, please visit the show notes below so you can get all the details, links, and recommendations that were discussed today. And if you like this podcast and what you've heard today, leave a review and subscribe to the show so you never miss when new episodes are out and you also help more people find this information. I'll be here again next week with a new episode. Until then, be well. Bye for now.